Welcome to today's edition of the Bible Class. Our teacher, Dr. Kenneth C. Hill, is teaching from the New Testament book of 1 Peter. You may send your questions by email through our website at whcbradio.org. That's whcbradio.org. Or you may mail them to the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. And now, here is Dr. Hill with today's lesson. Welcome to the Bible class. We're continuing our study in the epistle of 1 Peter. We have seen the example of Christ's suffering in chapter 2, verses 18 through 25. And in this session, we begin in chapter 3, verse 1. In this first portion of chapter 3, we'll see the behavior of wives and husbands as prescribed by Scripture. We will see the suffering and reward of Christians. All of this in chapter 3, before we move on to the remaining chapters of First Peter. Beginning in verse 1, 1 Peter 3, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation or lifestyle of the wives, while they behold your chaste lifestyle, your chaste conversation, coupled with fear. In those two verses, and we'll read about the physical side of things, but these two verses are about the living or the life of the wife. First of all, the wife is to be respectful of her husband. To be in subjection to your own husband's means that you are not out running around You're not out uh, doing your own thing and refusing to be a part of the family. So, wives, respect your husbands. Be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word that is the husband, that does not obey the word of God, that the husband may, without the word being even given to them, be one to Christ by the life of the wife. Now, this puts a heavy responsibility upon the wife in a marriage where the wife is saved and the husband is not. Could we turn that around? We'll see that turned around in verse 7 when he starts talking to the husbands. But here he's talking to the wives. And he says, if your husband is not saved, this is how you win him to Christ. It's through a godly lifestyle. And it says that they might be won by this lifestyle of the wives, the living of the wives, while they behold your chaste lifestyle coupled with fear, that is, with adoration, admiration, and a holy reverential uh, desire to serve Almighty God. 
Verse 3, whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. In these two verses, we see the physical aspect of the Christian wife. The Christian wife will not adorn herself outwardly, or should we say, not adorn herself outwardly alone, but will have the interior of her life, the, her heart, her very being, will be given over to God. He puts it this way. He says, don't worry about how you fix your hair or the jewelry that you wear or the clothes that you have on. Don't worry about fashion, but be concerned about living as a godly woman. Let the heart be correct. Let the heart be right with God, non-corrupted. Even the ornament, now this speaks of jewelry, but it's spiritual jewelry, even the spiritual jewelry of a meek and quiet spirit. Not brawling, not loud and boisterous, but a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, and we might also say of man, of great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. You're not afraid of life because you're facing it through Jesus Christ. Now here we see Peter's teaching on a wife's submission to her husband as being in line and very similar to what Paul teaches as well. If you look in Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to go there for just a moment, Ephesians chapter 5, and let's go to verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Notice how similar that is. In fact, it is the same teaching because it's from the same God who gave it to Paul. He also gave it to Peter. And he gave it so that you, dear lady would have the instruction from Almighty God himself. I think it's interesting that Paul gets this bum rap, as it were, where people often say, especially women who are of the feminist ilk, would say, well, Paul was just uh, some sort of a male chauvinist uh, derider of women. That's not true. That's a false accusation. It shows that one is not read 
all of Paul's writings that are found in the New Testament. Also, it shows a lack of understanding of human nature, a lack of understanding of God's nature, a lack of understanding of uh, the very uh, word of God. The truth is that Peter and Paul taught the same thing about wives and their relationship to their husbands. And here Peter teaches that a wife who is godly has the opportunity, by God's grace, to see her husband who is lost to come to faith in Christ by her obedience. The behavior of the wives is what is mentioned here as leading the husband to Christ. The woman is supposed to emphasize her inner qualities, not just her outer appearance. It doesn't say to neglect your outer appearance, ladies. It says the most important appearance is your inward appearance. And I think we would all agree with that because uh, beauty is a fading flower. When you look at the beauty of the flowers of the field, and we've got some beautiful flowers that we have around our house, and they spring up and they're so beautiful, and you say, wow, this is gorgeous. Thank you, Lord, for the beauty of these flowers. And then in a matter of days or weeks, they're faded away. They're gone. Now, the good news is, if they're perennials, they'll come back in the next season. And so in nature, we see a rejuvenation. Unfortunately, unless there are artificial means put to play, there is no such rejuvenation in a normal setting for the human body. The human body, which may be considered beautiful or perfect or um, in some fashion fashionable, uh, falls out of fashion over time. Oh, I realize some folks maintain a classic beauty uh, until their death. I understand that. Some uh, older folks are just as good-looking as they were when they were younger. And some folks never look good no matter what their age is. I mean, that's just life. That's the way it is. And uh, that's why we certainly should not glory in our outward look, but we should work on our inward being. The hidden man of the heart, as Peter calls it here, the thing which should not be corrupted, and if we wear jewelry, it should be the jewelry, the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. What's a meek spirit? A meek spirit is a spirit that is under control, a person who is under control. And under whose control? Well, under God's control, and also under self control. And so we need to keep that in mind as we think about this teaching. There are no prohibitions here, in case you're wondering. There are no prohibitions against jewelry and against fashionable dressing. None. It's not a prohibition. But there is a caution here. Not a prohibition, but a caution against merely beautifying the external while neglecting the spiritual, while neglecting 
the soul. It's much like we see in the building of ornate structures, and we call them churches. In the ornate structure, we've not been so bad for doing that in most parts of the United States, but in some spots they have. But in Europe in particular, they built all sorts of magnificent, magnificent and beautiful structures. And I've had the uh, good fortune to uh, be, uh, uh, to visit several of them. And I can tell you that they're amazing. And it took hundreds of years sometimes for them to get them completed. Well, they're beautiful buildings, and they're ornate, and they've got plenty of structure to it, and architecture is fantastic, and the ornaments are fantastic as well. But that's not what God calls us to do. He doesn't call us to build huge, great, grand buildings. He calls us to build lives, to build future homes in heaven, as it were, by bringing people to the place where they can come to faith in Jesus Christ. And so that's what he's telling these ladies here as he speaks to the wives. He's not saying, don't make yourself look good. J. Vernon McGee said, all old barns need paint. Uh, I don't know that I would say it that way, but that's what he said. Um you don't worry about your outward adornment, but you don't neglect it. Your concern, if you're going to be anxious for anything, and Christ tells us not to be anxious for anything, but if there's any tinge of anxiety, it ought to be on your spiritual relationship, not on how you look physically. That's the point. All right, now, verse 8. Finally, be ye all of one mind. Now, he says finally here in chapter 3 is not finally as in the end of the letter. This is speaking to the wives in particular. Um, Now let's uh, go to verse 7 here. (laughs) I'm skipping ahead. Let's go to verse 7. We get to the husbands. Likewise ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrariwise blessing, knowing that ye are there unto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. We have six verses given to the wives, one verse, actually one and a portion, given to men, given to husbands. But what he's saying here is, just as for the women, I want it to be for the men. You dwell with your wives, you live with your wives according to knowledge. Now here's a question for you. How well... Do you know your wife, gentlemen? How well do you know your wife? You're supposed to live with her in knowledge. 
according to knowledge. And what is that knowledge? That knowledge is the knowledge of your wife. It may also be the knowledge of what's going on around you in the world. It may also be the knowledge of the things of the Lord. Yes, indeed. But primarily it's the knowledge of the wife. And we're to give our wife honor. We are to revere her as if she were the weaker vessel. Now, before you get upset or concerned about this imagery, let's think about it for just a moment. If you have a fine china teacup, or you have an iron stone mug, what's the difference? Well, the iron stone mug, the pottery piece, is heavier, clunkier, usually bigger, has a thicker base and body, usually holds more than the fine china teacup. Also, it can withstand more rigors of uh, washing and use than that fine china teacup. Now, both of them will hold liquid. Both of them will hold hot or even cold liquid. But the fine china teacup has to be treated with more respect, more honor, if you will, more gingerly than the iron stone kind of pottery that's been in the kiln and is thick and useful. So the teacup, fine china as it is, has to be treated more gently. Well, that's what he's talking about here. We give honor to the wife. It, it shows respect and love and compassion and all those things. Um, but it's as unto the weaker vessel, so that we know that while she may not be weak, she is the weaker vessel of the two. And so she's to be treated specially. How you doing on that, guys? Are you treating your wife, giving her honor as unto the weaker vessel? And as being heirs together. You see, you're not the one that has eternal life and your wife uh, will never attain to it. No, 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 no. If you both have come to faith in Jesus Christ, you're heirs together of the grace of life. And you should act that way, not ruling or lording over her in any fashion, but acknowledging her gifts and graces. And we need to do that, that our prayers be not hindered. And Paul had some things to say about that as well, as you will recall. When he was teaching about husbands and wives, he taught them not to uh, give away the gift of sexuality uh, to anyone else, but he also taught them not to deprive one another of the intimacy of uh, marital sex. And he said, so that the prayers wouldn't be hindered. Well, here, the prayers are not hindered because you are, gentlemen, giving honor to the wife 
and celebrating the fact that you're heirs together of the grace of Almighty God that is found through Jesus Christ. It's called here the grace of life. What a wonderful way to state it. The grace of God that brings us to salvation is indeed the grace of life. Without that grace, for it is by grace through faith that we're saved, we would not have life. Our life would be nothing. We would not have life eternal without the grace given to us through Jesus Christ. And so here Peter is saying, celebrate that grace of life together, you husbands and wives. Thank you for joining us today for this edition of the Bible Class with Dr. Kenneth C. Hill. You may reach us by email by going to our website, whcbradio.org, and sending us an email on the Contact Us link. That's whcbradio.org. If you prefer to use the postal service, our address is The Bible Class, WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. That's The Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. You may also call us at 423-878-6279. Until our next Bible Class program, we are trusting that the Lord will richly bless you as you serve Him.